I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers. And the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And with us from the comfort of their own homes, we have uh, the Doc. Aloha, everybody. Uh, we have producer Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And sound engineer Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. So we will again be podcasting while sheltering with beer in place. Thanks again to sound engineer Tom for making this all happen. It just gets better and better and sounding better and better. Show must go on, gents. And tonight's theme, what's the good word? We're going to focus tonight on what the good word is. So how's everyone doing considering the amount of cherished time you are getting to spend with family? We're all doing well? Hanging in there. (laughs) (laughs) Plugging along one day at a time. Doing good. Doing good. All right. I was going to put that in my notes. I was going to put a big sign that says, all right, with a slash through it. So I don't say all right as often in my podcast uh, hosting. (laughs) Failed already. We're we're, what? How many seconds in? 35 seconds? We're looking good. Sorry. Minute 35. I'm going to try harder. You're good. You're good. Listeners, we appreciate you hanging in there with us as we try to figure out this new way of living life and doing podcasting. Keep sharing our podcast and liking and following and commenting on social media. On Twitter, you can find us at I Like Beer the Po One and I Like Beer the Ta One. Facebook and Instagram, we are I Like Beer the Podcast. I was going to say on on uh, Instagram, we're up to three hundred and fifty three followers, but on Twitter, just wow, that's impressive. Yeah, Twitter just one hundred and thirteen. Sorry, guys, not doing as well there. But all right, again, you put the oldest person on the team in charge of social media accounts, and unfortunately, I'm not Tim at the Cowboy Museum. <laughs> That's a good point, but that's you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. So also find us on Untapped uh, so we can toast you and uh, virtually and see what you're drinking. Send us a friend request. It's the closest thing we've got right now to meeting at a brewery or a pub right now. And a shout out to uh, was it Darren Lower from Wisconsin, my new friend from yesterday. Hey, welcome aboard, Darren. Hey, Darren. Nice. Since this is our What's the Good Word episode, I'm going to suggest toasts only today. Everybody good with that? Sounds good. You think Sean's going to be okay with that? <laughs> we have to, do we have to redefine no roasting, no pouring one out. Let's stick to the good news. Can we still have the maestro bring out the orchestra, Tom? I guess we'll call this toast this or something of that nature. <laughs> Tom, you want to start us off with some toasts? Uh, yeah, I got a couple here. You guys know that uh, my day job is in the event is industry, and I've been keeping an eye on some of the conventions and events that have decided the show must go on, at least virtually. So I wanted to toast all those companies and associations out there that are turning the negative into a positive and delivering their message virtually. In particular, one of those is the Craft Brewers Conference. It was originally scheduled later this month in San Antonio. Bob Pease, president of the Brewers Association who runs the convention, shared that since we're all social distancing and getting our share of screen time, CBC Online is an opportunity to invest our education. So when the dust finally settles, you will emerge stronger and smarter than ever before. 
To that note, the CBC is offering a free five-week online seminar series covering brewery operations, sales and distribution, marketing, social media, safety, ingredients, and more. You can tune in every day between April 13th to May 15th for live morning and afternoon sessions. And the kicker, like I said, is all seminars are free and recordings will be available through May 31st. So cheers to the CBC for uh, making a, a negative into a positive on this one. And oh, by the way, offering it free to not just the industry folks, but uh, people like us. Oh, wait, we're in the industry, aren't we, guys? <laughs> we are industry. That's that's correct, Tom. So cheers. <laughs> cheers. 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 Very good. Another one I had was for the World Beer Cup competition. Uh, unfortunately, a victim of uh, COVID-19. But they had a warehouse full of beer slated to be part of the competition. So the Brewers Association had a dilemma, what to do with all that beer. Again, turning a negative into a positive, they decided to dump, and I repeat, pour out uh, 275 gallons worth of beer from 2,700 domestic breweries uh, and take it off to a couple of the local distilleries in Denver to make it into hand sanitizer. So Again, the beer industry making a negative into a positive, turning all that poor wasted beer into hand sanitizer for all of our first responders to uh, utilize out there. So toast to them. Toast. Right on. Toast. And we're trying to support our local local breweries, which that doctor will get to in a second here. But craftbeer.com has compiled a nationwide list of breweries with all the to-go options they're offering. So you can check out their website or Twitter account. We've retweeted it as well, craftbeer.com, with the to-go list and options for all the breweries across the United States. So nicely done, craftbeer.com. Hey, Doc, I'm curious. Don't you have a burning question for all of us right now? Do I have a burning question for all of you right now? Yes. What <laughs> are y'all drinking? <laughs> oh, they have medicine for that. I was going to say, Doc. <laughs> Thanks to the doctor, I'm drinking a uh, chronic ale by Pizza Port. So once again, thanks for shuttling beers around. Sure. I headed up there and they've got, they're still making pizzas and, and serving beer to go. So I went and grabbed a pie and some beer to go. So yeah, we're drinking one of our favorites. Uh, well, actually, Pizza Port is one of our breweries has been around the longest brewing beer for a long time started in Solana Beach and now they yeah branched out into a couple other locations here in Carlsbad and others but yeah Carlix one of our favorites so I couldn't pass it up so cheers 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 1992 well I have a toast also real quick quick toast oh. toasting out to uh uh Lele and Ying Yang They've been together for 10 years. They've never mated. They are giant pandas in the Hong Kong Zoo. <laughs> and, and now that the coronavirus, no one's going to the zoo anymore. They've got all this peace and quiet. Oh, privacy. Yeah. And yet, and so finally, they got down and dirty. You can watch on YouTube. You can watch them mating. So there you go. So here's, here's to Ying Ying and Lele. Panda porn. <laughs> in a Hong Kong Zoo. They're okay with virtual gawking, just not gawking in person. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. How many times do you watch it, Todd? <laughs> uh, just two eyes today. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> I also want to send a toast out to the San Diego Beer Festival for finding a way to fight on with a virtual festival on April 25th. They ship you the beers and you join the brewers online and live music online, everything you expect from a, you know, a beer festival, except you don't have to wear pants. That's perfect. Nice. Yeah. I already got my ticket. 
I got my ticket. I got my ticket. Excellent. I'll yeah. see you there. Sorry. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there. Pants <laughs> <laughs> optional. Front row. Front row. <laughs> Everything's pants optional these days. Right. <laughs> and another toast to San Diego. Yes, yeah, San Diego. Big week. Big week for San Diego. San Diego winning the At Brewery Travels Brewery City Madness Tournament. We had Joel on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and the Brewery City Madness Tournament ended. San Diego wins the whole thing. And check out At Brewery Travels Woo! to learn about great beer all over the United States. He has traveled, and he knows a thing or two. That is a good point. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Toasts. With no roast. No roast. <laughs> Nor pour. That's okay. We're keeping it light. Keeping it happy. That chronic ale I had kept me happy. All done. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I can't drink those slow. Those are like uh, chocolate quick. (laughs) Joe, you want to take us to our uh, messages? In our goal to remain an educational podcast, we have two messages from listeners that have spurred this episode's theme. First from listener Julie, who we know affectionately as the fixer. We have this question. Where did the word teetotaler come from? Great word, teetotaler. Uh, It's a lot of fun to say, too. But teetotaler, um, which also can be uh, shortened to teetotal or teetotaling, and a teetotaler all have to do with abstaining completely from alcohol. Uh, So this word can be traced uh, back to England and the leading force in the national alcohol prohibition movement. His name was Richard Turner, otherwise known as Dickie Turner. Um, Some have thought he was encouraging people to drink tea instead of alcohol, which uh, I guess would make some sense since uh, it is England and all. Uh, But that's not really the case. It actually traces back to he had a stutter. And he was giving a speech condemning the use of alcohol and the total abstinence from drinking. And so he stuttered on the T in total. And the press had kind of a fun time with that. And it stuck and crossed over to the U.S. and can still be found in some uh, limited usage today. So um, that's where teetotaler came from is really his stutter and not really the the fact that they were encouraging people to use tea. And a fun fact about that is Dickie Turner. Uh, had his headstone engraved with the words author of the word teetotaler. Nice. So uh, that's kind of the etymology of that word. <laughs> that and uh, that's where it comes from, Julie. Hopefully nice, uh, more information nice. than you wanted to know. That is, that's a good report right there. I know for a fact she'll be delighted to know. <laughs> All Excellent. right. I learned a lot looking that one up. It sounds like it. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and our second question that Jeff brought from an unnamed coworker is what exactly does dank mean and when did it start being used to describe beer? Great question too. Right. And and I'm not protecting the um identity of our coworker. I just really can't remember who who asked me that because we haven't <laughs> been at work for like three weeks and a lot of craps happened since then. And I'm trying to remember, sure, you know, you it's go. a limited number. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. There are a few coworkers that listen to the podcast, which we appreciate. Thank you very much. Uh, but one of them had asked and I had scribbled down on a, on a sticky note, uh, dank question mark. Um, but I really don't remember which listener coworker, dear friend asked me. <laughs> so I'm not trying to be rude and I'm not trying to protect the uh, innocent. I just can't remember. It's just been a tough three weeks, folks. Okay. Uh, 
but this yeah, is has. terrific because I was out on a walk on the illicit trails, making sure no one else was out there again, listening to one of my favorite podcasts. Well, after this one, of course, but away with words. And they were talking about the origin story or, or the etymology of uh, entomology of, of uh, dank. And I, and that's when I remembered it popped back in my head. Oh yeah. Someone at work asked me about this. So dank, which is a word you hear around the beer scene all the time, right? Correct. We do. First found usage in English vernacular when used as an adjective to describe something as good. And that was by Manny the Hippie on the David Letterman show in the mid-1990s. I don't know if any of you watched Letterman in the 1990s. I, I was a devoted fan. But Manny the Hippie was a staple. In fact, Manny the Hippie used it to describe not just beer, but specifically good beer. So now it tends to mean juicy, savory, pungent in a good way. Right. And I watched the clip. So I looked up the clip when I got home, Letterman hanging out on the streets of San Francisco with Manny the Hippie. And sure enough, they're at a table at TGIF Fridays. And he asked Manny if he likes beer. And Manny says, well, dank beer. And Letterman asks, what is dank beer? And Manny responds, good beer. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first when they trace that word back as being used. That's where they, they find... That word's origin probably came out of the marijuana culture, they believe, meant moist yep. um, as a derivative of damp, but not in a bad way as in a pungent. And it's used in popular youth slang now to mean good, tasty, or other variants of that sentiment. So I had a lot of fun looking up the etymology of that word by complete accident. I was just taking a walk, listening to the podcast, and they got onto the word dank and I came home and watched about an hour's worth of old Letterman clips. Nice. So thanks to the way way with words. Yeah. Thanks to the unnamed worker. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll think of it eventually and feel terrible, but. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they'll bring it to your attention. Good friend. It's a good friend. Yeah. It's a solid friend. <laughs> Terrific friend. Yeah. They mean the world to me. It was, uh, but they do. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's been stressful. It was me, Jeff. I was the one. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you to our listeners for those excellent questions. Let's keep them coming. We have a little else to do these days, but a research to get good answers to your questions. So please help us out. Yep. I agree. And with those two questions in mind, I asked the ILB team this week to consider their favorite beer-related word. I also thought of this as sort of a pour one out for the late James Lipton, host of Inside the Actors Theater, who always asked his guests what was their favorite word. And since the doctor would do this anyway, ILB team members were allowed to interpret that task in any way they felt met the parameters of the question. What's your favorite beer-related word? So, Tom, we're going to start with you. Well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to go outside the lines already and do two words: Sierra Nevada. <laughs> I'll explain why I have two words, uh, because without a reference to my first word, we would not have had my second word tonight. Okay. Jeff, I think you'll appreciate this one. The first one is whale. And, uh, and in the beer industry, a whale is the rarest of most sought after craft beers. Whales are produced in extremely limited amounts and are with very limited distribution. So dubbed in honor of Ahab and his longtime search for Moby Dick. The rarest of the rare are sometimes called white whales or Mobies. So she, he or she who brings a whale to a bottle share will certainly be invited again. 
Well, I think I speak for all of us that Mike Lopez was our white whale, gents. Oh, absolutely. We had a great podcast interview with him and his friend Joe Manahan a while back. Uh, and with that, I have to give credit to Joe Manahan when he was cradling one of the beers we were tasting in a tulip glass, warming it up for us that uh, will reference my second word. And that word is tantric. Tantric beers are known to get better and better as you drink them. And as I referenced before, they're typically cradled lovingly in a tulip glass. These beers are often nursed for an hour or more, most often used in reference to barrel-aged beers and stouts. Dude, this beer is tantric. <laughs> and for a tantric beer lasting more than eight hours, please consult your physician. <laughs> nice. Good. <laughs> hey, Joe, what word did you come up with? So uh, mine is sessionable. I've been playing well within the lines. And I like that word because I think when uh, beer drinking is in session, I feel like I'm doing something important. <laughs> so, uh, That's a good point. That's yeah. A good point. So. You know, Congress is in session, and uh, yep. mi most evenings I'm in session as well. So that's good. <laughs> I'm going to look at it that way from now on, and I'm going to use that when my wife says, "What yeah. are you doing?" I'm, I'm uh, in session. I'm in please. session. I'm doing a, I'm a, doing little a little res a little respect, please. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> please don't disturb. Uh, important work's getting done, so that's me in a tantric fashion. Yes, in a tantric fashion for sure. Nice choice, and I, I'm a big fan of the session IPAs. I can enjoy all the all the juice bomb without uh, having to stop at three. Right. Yeah, and for the listeners, sessionable is it usually represents a low uh, alcohol volume in a beer, so you can drink more of them over a longer period of time. It's that that crazy balance they've learned to find where you get all the flavors, but then don't have to like that boy that that terrific. Belching boy, I I just reverted to the 1950s. Boy, that swell uh, Belching Beaver <laughs> IPA that, that Doc brought us last time. Yeah. That, that that hazy double IPA. You betcha, it was swell. I drink that way too fast, followed by the 32 <laughs> ounces of Culver, and then I can look in the can, going, "Oh, it's 8.8," .8, followed by the 32 ounces. And our podcast yeah. lasted about 48 minutes, so that was all taken in about a 48 minute period of time, and. So what you're saying is you were feeling swell at the end of that. Yeah. Yeah, I was feeling swell. I was feeling groovy at the end of that. <laughs> I was feeling like I needed a nap. So I did. I took a nap. Speaking of that, does anybody need another beer or are we still doing okay with our chronics? Yeah, heck yeah. Okay. You let me know when. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down right now. All right. What, what did you bring us for our second beer? <laughs> so, hey, I, I stopped by one of our favorite small brewery uh, nearby called uh, Aztec Brewing, and uh, I brought us all a macaroon nut brown ale. So here we go. I'm going to great beer. Pop mine open. This is a fantastic beer. Thank you, Doc. If people knew more about this beer, it would be called a whale. Dessert and a beer. It is. Macaroons. Yes. 2019 ILB Beersy winner. It is, yes. I figured I liked it, so I was going to get it. Even though we've all, you know, talked about it before. It's a great beer. Oh, no, good call. Much appreciated. Yeah. It's got that uh, rich malt flavor. And it's a pint, so there you go. A, pound, a pint plus. It's a, we got an extra six ounces. Uh, Tahitian vanilla aged in bourbon barrels. 
Oh, that's right. And I, and I will speak, and I think Doctor will back me up on this. This beer pairs perfectly with Talent's seafood boil. Mm, yes. Anything with a seafood boil is good. <laughs> well, I think I distinctly remember having four or five of these with, with the last season. Seaside, CF, seafood yeah. boil. <laughs> we had it on. Oh. We had it on. Had it on draft at that point, so yes, it was not good. at the end of the night. It was a good night, Aztec Brewing. You know they had uh, the typical like a lot of the restaurants are doing. They have this in front of their opening to their establishment. You know a table, so you can't even go inside. So a little register right there, and you walk up and you order, and they go back inside and fill your order. Actually, filled a growler for me as well, which a lot of places aren't doing, but they advertise that they sanitize it first. Awesome. And uh, there you go. So I got it. So I'll not only get you guys some bottles, I filled myself up a a uh, growler of which and I shared with uh, Talent yeah. when I dropped his beers off. We had it on my driveway. That's as right. We so, <laughs> as we social distanced. <laughs> Good job, gentlemen. Uh, that's right. So, Doc, while I've got you got your attention, your beer word. But of course, my mine is, you know, as we were on our last one of our PGWs and we were where were we at? Mac and Jack's, and they were telling us all about the bungs of their cask. So mine is yes. the bung, or the bunghole, which have you, yes. Uh, which, for those of you who don't know, the vernacular of the bung, it is the opening or orifice in a and maybe an old style cask or keg in which the beer is poured into the keg or cask. That is the bung or bung opening. Now, if you are a blind brewer. You find the bung with your hands, but if you can't find the bung with your hands, uh, talent will tell us there's another way you could probably you could oh, no. find the bung with if if you can't feel with your hands. So, talent, what's your word? How can we all, how, how else can we find the bung? Um, I'm actually at a loss for words because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> wait, wait, what's your what's your word? How else can what's you f- feel for oh, the bone? Oh, I see my word. I see where if you're, you're leading. Blind, if, if you're a blind brewer well, and you it's, can't, it's find, it's you can't little, feel with your hands, it's getting a little warm in here for a second. Oh, now I got it. I was still stuck on the panda porn from earlier, uh, but you can find that with mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Oh, That's how you would okay. find it. But I don't think that is the correct usage of mouthfeel. No. Um, but maybe for blind brewers. I have not hung out with a lot of blind brewers, so maybe I don't know what oh, the correct no. usage of mouthfeel is. BBA, Blind but, Brewers Association. No, I, I didn't know that. I apologize. Um, you know what? We are a uh, pro-blind brewer uh, podcast. and uh, so. But my word was mouthfeel. Um, because I just, I don't know about that word that, that sometimes, I mean, I understand the, the origin of the word. I get the purpose of the word. I understand actually the meaning of the word, but you got to be understand when you're talking about mouthfeel in certain company, it, it is a little, uh, uncomfortable because <laughs> it could have some different connotations. And so that's why to me, I just, if I, if I had to pick one word, I'm going to go with mouthfeel. Yeah. So blind brew to blind brewers, that, that word has a whole different meaning. Yeah, that's a good point. And I didn't even know that now. So now I feel even more uncomfortable. <laughs> Is that how they get splinters? <laughs> you, in their you know, lips. In their tongue. Yeah. On that uh, tour at Mac and Jack's, if if you had to drink every time that guy, that kid said, and he was a kid, he's probably 22, 23 oh, yeah. years old. Every time he said bung, you wouldn't have been able to uh, walk out of that place. <laughs> yeah, no, he, no. He, he liked that term. Well, you know, if you give a lot of, you give a couple tours a day, you got to, you know, spice yeah. things up a little bit. He was having That's fun. That's a good point. He didn't actually seem to find the humor in it that we were laughing so hard. <laughs> he did not. Right. And true. every year when I'm teaching uh, Hamlet, 
at the end of the play, that's that this quintessential scene at the end, Hamlet's, you know, you know, the famous scene where Hamlet's holding up the school, alas, poor Yorick. But as he's um, ruminating on death and what we become, he uh, imagines what happens to even Alexander the Great. Could you not find his noble dust stopping a bunghole? Ooh. And every time I'm reading that with my class, I am just, I'm just rolling and I'm, I, I can't even keep, I just think it's so funny because I just think of doctor. I think of that, of that tour and they're like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, just, let's just keep going. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Fantastic. Look, I avoided saying, uh, all right. How about that? Good job. You did. Nicely done. Bravo. I also asked talent to do a little research on beer terms of the past and present. So how'd your research go this week? Did you find time to squeeze the research in? Uh, well, I've been really, really busy, um, but I managed to squeeze in a little bit of time. And uh, actually, it's a lot of fun to kind of go through. You, you talked about it earlier, I think, uh, rabbit holes. And uh, it's kind of fun to check out different things and stuff. And a lot of stuff we know, but then you always find some new ones. And that's kind of fun. So what I did is I kind of created a, a list of modern beer terminology that would take you through an evening of drinking. So you know, first you need some terms to describe the beer or the, the taste of beer. So we've used a bunch of terms, but a couple that we haven't used uh, that I like is juicy um, or jammy, right? We've heard both of those on this podcast. Uh, juicy primarily, though, is used to... T- uh, that was going to be one of my words, jammy, yeah. Oh, there you go. To describe kind of those, uh, like the hazy IPAs, it's got kind of that citrus fruit character, juice-like mouthfeel and so on. Jammy, a lot of times more of the sours and that kind of stuff. Um, another term I thought was really as cool as you, you hear people talk about complex, like a beer is complex. And uh, really that that term is usually used by beer drinkers and home brewers when they don't know what to say about the beer. So you say, oh, it's <laughs> complex. Um, so I thought that's a good one. Um, and then, then you move on to, Hey, I need to rate these beers. So I need some terms. And so, uh, I think that, uh, Joe used sessionable, which is a great one. Uh, but a synonym, uh, that we've used a bunch is crushable. Uh, but, uh, other words that you can also use are quaffable. And my favorite is, uh, you can just call the beer a porch pounder, um, a porch pounder. So those are beers that you can just easygoing, super drinkable beers. Uh, other terms that you can use to, to rate the beers, you can call a beer a closer, and that's usually the last beer of the night and the one that seals the night as a success. We've talked about these beers when we were... That has often been macaroon nut brown for us. Correct, it is. And then uh, we also talked about this when we were doing how to uh, rate beers, but you have expressions like fronters, uh, which are those are the beers that you kind of buy before maybe hosting a party or having family over, and you put them in the front of your fridge, which blocks the access to your better beers in the back of the fridge. <laughs> you also could have wallflowers, which are the beers that uh, you purchase, and then they end up spending all their time along the walls of your fridge because uh, you really always reach past them to grab beer. So those would be wallflowers. Um, another term that you might uh, use to describe your beer is call uh, it a safety beer. Uh, and a safety beer is something that you take to a party or event uh, just in case all of the beer that's being served there is uh, not so good. What's your safety beer, guys? When when you're going to a party and you're bringing something, you're, you're willing to share, but it's also a backup. You're not bringing a whale to that. So what, what's a safety beer you, you show up to a party with? Tom, we, we know. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Sierra Nevada. Oh, no. I mean, uh, Cali Creamen. Cali Creamen is what I would go with. I would think that would be a good safety beer. And especially if you bring something like Cali Creamen and people have never had it before, they have that beer and all of a sudden they're like, wait a second. I should be drinking something different. And so then you're going to, the next time you go to that party, um, you know, but, but yeah, that's safety beer. How about you, Todd? Maybe like, uh, you know, like in, in 805 or this chronic we were just drinking. Most people will like it, you know. Good call. Jeff? Oh, chronic for sure. I, I think I brought chronic to at least a dozen yeah. different family events where I'm not sure what I'll be served. So I show up with some chronics. Joe, can you remember? Uh, I'd have been cat. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, mostly lemonade, maybe some soda water. <laughs> How about Gatorade? <laughs> what's, what's beer again? Can someone help me? You're almost it? there, Joe. Um, You're almost there, Joe. Almost there, Joe. Um, almost there. Almost there. Yeah, for three days. But I would say Cali, but since Jeff took that one, I'd say maybe a Heller High Sorry. Heller High watermelon would be a oh yeah. A good one. Nice one. And and Tom, if you could not find Sierra Nevada, what would you bring? I don't think he's leaving his house. <laughs> if it wasn't Sierra Nevada, I'd say three ninety four. Oh, that's another good call. Absolutely. So all good safety beers. Those are safety beers. Great Absolutely. examples of safety beers. So nice. and then um so Sometimes you kind of find um, the beers aren't so good. So uh, two terms to use that. You have one, it's called a drain pour. Pretty self-explanatory. And a drain pour is not to be confused with a shelf turd, uh, which is also uh, pretty self-explanatory. But that's basically a beer that's been sitting on the shelf way too long past its prime. And uh, those drain pours and shelf turds. So uh, those are how you describe beers. And then you can talk about special beers. Tom has already talked about whales and white whales. How about uh, a beached whale? Um, so a beached whale is uh, typically uh, what happens when at the end of the evening, someone says, hey, let's open just one more. You know, basically that's suit. That's you guys are at the end of an evening and you don't finish it. And so that's that super special beer that you kind of regret opening uh, the next day. And you realize you left half of it in the bottle. Um, and then uh, there's another term that is known as glass whales, which are for rare and desirable glassware uh, that are designed for serving beer. And we have some individuals in this group here that are uh, aficionados of uh, glassware. Um, and so that's a glass whales. Oh, yes, yeah, that's me. I am a total be- beer glass snob now. Thanks to uh, John Hole. Yeah, I agree. And then next, you move to your terms for the evening out. So you're heading out. So obviously, whenever you're heading out, it's very important to take with you uh, a Chewbacca. And so Chewbacca is the ultimate sidekick or wingman. Okay. I think we'd all agree with that. So. <laughs> and, uh, and then the next uh, term that you can use for your evening out is that you can say, hey, tonight we are drinking from the tips. Uh, and that's a term that's borrowed from golf. Uh, which basically means that you're drinking or in golf, you use that to say you're playing from the deepest tea markers Uh, in drinking. That means, Hey, we're only drinking high octane beers tonight. So uh, that usually occurs when the first beer of the night is like over 8%. And that just kind of makes it hard to return to uh, Joe's sessionable beers at later on. Definitely. Yes. And another term that people use is they uh, it's called tick. And tick is basically, uh, and I think we've been guilty of this, uh, but it's where you basically are just marking another beer off your list of beers to try. Oh, yeah. Um, So tickers are those whose goal is not to enjoy beer, but rather to drink the largest possible number of unique beers possible. So a lot of times when you're just trying to get stuff on untapped and that kind of stuff, that leads to ticking uh, and makes us all tickers. 
so those are those. And then that leads to the end of the night. And so at the end of the night, you're stuck with your graveyard, which is the orderly arrangement of empty bottles as tombstones following a drinking session, usually for a picture on uh, uh, Untapped, which is called the kill shot. And that's the photo <laughs> taken of this boneyard or graveyard that, that uh, people will line them up to show, hey, this is what we did tonight. Mm. So uh, those photos are called kill shots. And then that leads us to the next morning and the day after. And the next morning, the first term, and I love this term, it's called the shame shield. And the shame shield <laughs> is often made with newspaper or cardboard boxes, and they are placed on top of the recycling bins to attempt to disguise the contents of the bin from your neighbors to basically <laughs> say, hey, I've been doing a whole lot of drinking. And then often can also lead to what is known as a UBI, and a UBI is an unexplained beer injury. And uh, the origin of this term is uh, has been attributed to doctors in Britain who would encounter drunk patients in their ER rooms, and they were unable to explain how they got their injuries. That was uh, uh, kind of what happened. You know, so they, they came up with this UBI, which are unexplained beer injuries. So that takes you, those are kind of modern terms to take you through an entire night of drinking. So uh, that was the first part of my research I found. But then I also found that there are some older terms for beer, which I thought was kind of interesting and in where terms come from. So uh, the first term, and I think we've all heard this before, is uh, the term brewski. Um, and you hey. guys know, yeah, have a brewski. Uh, the earliest uh, citation for the term brewski is actually from a 1977 Saturday Night Live skit. So that's where that, that term came from. That was almost my beer word. Was it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, almost. I I, I kept crossing them off. <laughs> Wait, is, is that from We're Too Wild and Crazy Guys? Is that the Bruce? Uh, you know, I didn't I didn't see it. I just re read and I found the thing there. It'd be fun to kind of look it up and see exactly which one it came from. Um, but there was a thing on there and they talked, they, they used the term, hey, have a brewski. It caught on and people have used it ever since. Another term is suds. I think we've all heard beer known as referred to as suds. Um, and do you guys know that that actual term uh, originated in 1904? So that's pretty amazing when you think about it, that that it's been used, that term has been used to describe beer since 1904. And then there's a lot of terms for like poor beer or inferior beer. Uh, so back in the 15th century, if you had a weak or an inferior beer, you would call it a small beer. Later on, the Scots would call a bad beer an inky pinky. And then also you would use uh, beer that was uh, called a penny whip. And they would call that because they would sell that beer for a penny a bottle because it was so bad. And then another term was pritch uh, because a pritch or a pricked beer uh, was beer that had turned sour or vinegary. And then uh, another term was swipes. And swipes is from the 19th century. Um, and it referred to both weak beer um, and that actually, you can find that in Charles Dickens uses it in Oliver Twist, and it says it's been as dull as swipes. Uh, oh, I, so I those just looked up Brewski. Remember yeah. uh, Saturday Night Live? It was the the guys sitting in the pizza place, Dub Bears. Oh, that that's right. That's Bruce. right. Oh, okay. That's yeah. where it came from. Interesting. Dub Bears. That makes sense. So yeah. So anyway, so those were my terms that I uh, that I found. A uh, lot of lot of fun words to find about beer and things being used, and obviously uh, new terms coming about every day. Nice job with the research. Thank you. I, I was also looking up some... Uh, Get some time on your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking up some words from the um, Prohibition era, from the Noble Experiment era, uh, because I figured there'd be some good beer words there too. So 
to add to your extensive research, uh, Real McCoy, which I think we all know that term nice. for something that's authentic. The Real McCoy yeah. goes all the way back to a guy named Bill McCoy, uh-huh. who was a bootlegger known for his exceptionally high quality booze where instead of rot gut or bathtub oh. gin. So I didn't know that went to an actual person. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, to be wet. A wet was a person in favor of alcohol sales and consumption. So you, I don't know if you've heard in old movies, they always say, you're, you're all wet as a way of disparaging someone by saying they, they must be talking drunk, beating their gums and talking horse feathers and applesauce. Uh, a speakeasy. We know those, those are the, where they sell illicit alcohol, also known as a blind pig, a Russian river connection there, or a blind tiger. Of course, you'd need to scram if a bull came and crashed the juice joint. Drinks with alcohol were known as giggle juice, the tiger mark, or the put down. A Mickey Finn was a put down with knockout pills in it. Slip on a Mickey. Yeah. And to go with your um, graveyard, an empty bottle was a dead soldier. Nope. I have a friend that says it all the time. Dead soldier. Uh, Paul, the, bapti- yeah. the ba- shower beer guy. Uh, dead soldiers. He always has said that as long as I've known him. Every empty bottle is a dead soldier. And then for being drunk, uh, was in the 1920s, was smoked or out on a roof or zoozled, spifflicated, which I liked. I think that should come back. Boiled as an owl or canoe rowing drunk. And I, I like the imagery of canoe rowing drunk because I could picture right. someone walking like they're trying to control the oars of a, a boat as a drink too much terms. So actually funny you mentioned that because I did run down another site and it was vintage terms for being inebriated. And um, there were probably, I don't even know how many, two, 300 terms. And so I kind of picked out like the 10, 15 best ones. So here's a couple that I, that I got. They go, some go in line with what you just said, but uh, others, uh, I just thought it was pretty funny. And this is how people would describe people for being drunk. So one, I think we can all appreciate. He is top heavy. Um, <laughs> you talked about being, being, <laughs> and I don't know if that's always about drunk, but just some people yeah. are top heavy, but he is yeah. top heavy. <laughs> Um, another one is he is soaked, which goes to the kind of the wet. He is, yeah. He is hazy. Uh, this is a great one. Think about the imagery of this one. He has been crooking his elbow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I do like that. So you think about the, yeah. Uh, drinking your beer, you're crooking your elbow. Uh, he has more sale than ballast. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. He can't see a hole in the ladder. I thought that was just kind of interesting. Oh, I liked, I think I've heard that before. I think I've heard someone say that, yeah. and I didn't didn't click what what it meant. But now that you said it again, it does. Uh, here's a uh, he can't lie down without holding on. <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> That's good. Um, here's another. He is as drunk as a boiled owl. Not sure yes. about how drunk a yeah. boiled owl is, but owl. A pretty interesting uh, expression. My dad used to say pigeon roaring drunk, and I never quite knew what oh, that okay. was. But that yeah, the yeah. owl one remind me yeah. of that. Another one, he is wobbly on his pins. I think we can nice. all visualize that one. Yeah. Uh, this one's a little more interesting. He is all mops and brooms. Mops and brooms. Yeah. Now, this one, I think, is, uh, again, visually, very visual if you think about it. He is about to cast up his accounts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's a great one. This one is more, hey, Padre Joe, uh, he fell from grace. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one is self-explanatory. Uh, he was out of business. Another self-explanatory. He couldn't navigate. This one was kind of interesting. I don't, I'm not sure I get it, but I liked it. It says he is full of pig iron and caraway seed. Oh, I like that. Exactly. 
Now, here's a, here's a good one, and this is maybe the origin of the word mouthfeel. He has gotten marbles in his mouth. Don't know. Ah. <laughs> this one says he doesn't know his name from a hill of beans. Yeah. This one's kind of a throwback to Tom, and Doctor will appreciate this one. He has been blowing himself like a drunken sailor. <laughs> Don't know what that means. <laughs> How do you blow with a drunken sailor? How do you blow with a drunken sailor? Next one, again, very visual. I like this one as well. He has been feeding his face with bar glasses. <laughs> this one I thought was actually really funny because it's the first time I've heard. I, it may have been the first time that this term was used, but he has been rushing the growler once too often. Okay. Another one that's pretty self-explanatory, and I think we may have all been there at some point in our younger days. He has been measuring sidewalks upside down. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, last but not least, again, another one that maybe describes uh, many people is he has a champagne appetite and a beer income drunk. Nice. nice. So those were some Good of the, the highlights of the list of over 300 uh, terms on how to describe people being inebriated Jeez. from way back in the day. And I, I think uh, one of the Padre Joe's uh, fantasy beer team name, uh, Two Sheets. Yeah. Yes. Right, right. Two sheets into the wind, which is you know a, a nautical term for having lost control of right. the sails and therefore the ship. Yep. Yep. He couldn't navigate. Nicely done. Or he has been blowing himself like a drunken sailor. Hey, thank you. <laughs> I think that's a limerick. <laughs> it does sound like it should be a limerick. But I know it was fun. It's actually really funny to go through these and you're just like, wow, that's crazy. I can't believe people like saying that, you know. But you can also see where some things come from too. That's what's kind of fun of them. I, I once I started looking up old prohibition era. First, I started with the with the beer terms, and then the drinking terms, and then some of the uh, legal terms, and then slang, and then mafia stuff, and then it went crazy. What I and then I'm like, how am I reading about this? This isn't useful for the podcast. But I, there I was, three hours in on some of this stuff. So I'll figure out how to use it somewhere. Good times. That's awesome. Bar room trivia, and I need to put on my Cliff Clavin. You know. That's right. Doctor, I understand you put together something special for us. Oh, yes. Tonight I have something special. Lowenbrow? <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Beer or Not a Beer. Tonight we're calling it Beer Word or Not a Beer Word. This is the hoppiest game show in town, in <laughs> podcast land. So I'm your host, The Doctor. For you listeners and Sean, once again, here's how the game works. I'm going to name four beer words. You've heard a lot of words tonight. Your head is swirling with beer vernacular. But I'm going to name four beer terms for or words associated with beers. One is not real. Three are real. One I thought of out in Never Never Land. Uh, on my tushy bidet. Anyways, ready? I'm going to name four beer terms, three real ones, and one is not real. Your ter- your job, your task is to find the made-up beer term. Here we go. Ready. The first word, beer number one, is a type of snatch called Burton Snatch. Burton Snatch. Which one of these is not associated with beer or beer brewing? Next is Mataco. Mataco. So we have Burton Snatch, Mataco. Word number three is Pediococcus. Pediococcus. We have Burton Snatch, Mataco, Pediococcus. 
And the fourth term, it's kind of small font. I can't read it. Dry humping. Oh, sorry. Dry hopping. Dry okay. hopping. <laughs> there we humping. go. So we have four terms. Burton snatch, mud taco, pediococcus, and dry hopping, which is not a word associated with beer or beer brewing. Producer Joe, did you hear? Remember those four? I got them. Snatch, Mataco, Pedicacus, and Dry Hopping, which is not associated with beer or beer drinking or beer brewing or beer or any beer anything beer something beer anything. Uh, I'm going with Mataco. Mataco. Okay, I like that. Joe. straight to the straight to the point. Yep, I'm taking my shot. No breaking down of the uh, the field. Taking my shot. Tom, what's your get? What's your uh, what's your guess? Well, first of all, I have to compliment you on the fact that these four words weren't used in any previous discussion during this podcast. So I'm going to go with pedococcus. Pedococcus. Mm. Good Scientific guess. Scientific word. All right. And talent, what are you thinking? Well, I'm looking at these, and I don't even know if half of them are real words. So that's the first problem. It's tough. Um, but if I'm going to break this down, as I like to break things down, both dry hopping and dry humping are both things that happen with beer. <laughs> I think that pediococcus wow. is is something I don't know. Uh, Burton is a snowboard company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming Burton Snatch maybe it has some. I'm going to go with Mataco too, but I I like that word the best too because it's my favorite okay. word. It's a good word, yeah. Yeah. All right, influencer Jeff. All right. Well, we have seen dry hopping happen at breweries while we visited and yes. took tours. And pediococcus just sounds like it's got to be some strand. You seen dry humping happening? At- <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. Some breweries. It's not it's for not, lack of looking. Uh, yeah, I've always turned away. <laughs> yeah, I always turn away. Pediococcus just sounds like it should be a strand of yeast. If it isn't, it should be. And yes. so I'm going to go mataco. Right, mataco. All right. So here we go. We have we have a few from mataco pediococcus. First of all, yes, dry hopping is we all know is the adding of, of hops to add aroma and such at the end of, of the brewing process. Pediococcus is a bacteria often considered a contaminant of beer, yet sometimes desired in certain strains like uh, lambics. Mm. Uh, Burton snatch is the aroma of sulfur, indicating the presence of sulfate ions in the brewing right. process. And many of you guessed it, mataco actually is some sort of South African word for my word of the day, which was bung or bong hole. So yes, oh, Mataco nice. was well not made of beer. <laughs> That's her. Very good. So this has been another edition. Hope you've enjoyed beer word or not a beer word. Fantastic. Always enjoy it. Yes. Thanks for joining us for a few beers and stories. Look for the good right now, even if it's just a good word. Take care of yourselves and each other. Help out those local breweries and businesses as best as you can. And we'd love to keep drinking and chatting. But right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a ten and a fiver, a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N.